Welcome to The Lead, a podcast about how to get ahead in the media industry from the people who did. I'm Caroline Odom. In this episode, we are very lucky to be joined by Ested Herndon, a national politics reporter for the New York Times, during what is certainly a very busy season for him. After graduating from Marquette University, Ested joined the Boston Globe to cover City Hall and then politics in Washington, D.C. In May of 2018, he joined the Times in New York City, where he has recently been reporting on the 2020 presidential election. Ested and I spoke about two weeks before the election, and in our conversation, he shares insights on covering the election, talks about the different roles of journalism, and encourages us to break out of our college bubble. But first, a word from our sponsor. This episode is produced by the Cox Institute for Journalism, Innovation, Management, and Leadership at the University of Georgia's Grady College. To learn more, go to grady.uga.edu slash coxinstitute. Additionally, in response to the COVID-19 pandemic, this episode of The Lead was recorded over Zoom. Thank you in advance for your continued patience with the audio imperfections. Now, here's The Lead. Good morning, Ested. Welcome to The Lead. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here this morning in what I'm sure is quite a busy season for you. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. So I just want to jump right in um, to your background. So before joining the Times as a national politics reporter, you were with the Boston Globe. But I'd like to go back even further. I saw online where in high school you wrote a column called Get In a Stead's Head. And I, I just have to ask, what did you write about for that column? And how did that experience influence where you are today? Oh, I mean, the column's really stupid. I mean, it was about, uh, you know, like typical, very much like high school things. So I wrote about like, you know, uh, our school band candy sales. Uh, I remember my senior year and I remember like writing about how that was like messed up. And, uh, you know, I wrote about how prom was too expensive, you know, like stuff like that. Uh, I don't know if it shaped me more so than like, I got a kind of kick out of it. I mean, I didn't go to college thinking I wanted to be a journalist, but I did obviously work do the high school newspaper I'd taken the journalism class in high school and uh grew up reading newspapers and so you know it was an experience that uh was one that was in line with kind of my interest but honestly I did it for fun mostly and I'm kind of shocked uh and it's always kind of funny how much it still comes up now So you mentioned that journalism wasn't initially a goal for you so what influenced your path to now being a journalist for the New York Times? And then even further, did you ever imagine that you would be covering national politics for the New York Times? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, uh, you know, a lot of things happened very quickly. You know, I took a year off of college and did uh, AmeriCorps City Year program where I taught kids. And then after that, I got an education internship at the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, the paper in Milwaukee where I went to college. And I really enjoyed that. And so after the Journal Sentinel, I was able to do a couple more internships uh, and I actually got an internship to the Boston Globe after college. But it wasn't something that I was particularly sure about. Um, It was something that I thought I was enjoying and I was kind of just rolling with whatever was going to pay me enough to to keep uh, hanging out, you know? And uh, and so that was the kind of uh, path. But then once I got to that uh, internship in the Globe, I really loved it. I think that the idea 
of being in the newsroom and making impact and telling stories that really had tangible, that mattered to people, felt really good. And I think that that was the one that really got me first rooted in seeing myself as a reporter and journalist. Um, I stayed at the Globe for a couple years in Boston, and then I was moved to D.C. because uh, after the 2016 election, they needed help with their D.C. coverage. And that was another opportunity that was, again, just like, uh, hey, go there and help out. And it ended up being a full-time job. And so, you know, and so then I left there to go to the Times in 2018. But, you know, that's been like a path that has been, each step has been surprising to me. So not only am I surprised to be in a place like the Times, but the, but the, obviously the role of politics feels important and feels really powerful right now. And I think that that's not lost on me, that like it's an, it's a, it's a time in which we, uh, you know, want to make sure you're like living up to what are the, the unique kind of political moment that we're in. That leads really well into what I planned on asking next. Um, so you mentioned that you've been covering politics for several years now at both local levels, you know, in D.C. and now more nationally with The Times. And I think I can safely say that we've seen some shifts in the political environment during that time. You mentioned that we're definitely in an interesting political moment. So have you noticed any changes throughout your time of covering politics and what have those looked like? Yeah, I mean, there was an assumption that, you know, the rules of the game uh, were only in a certain confines. And I, even during the beginning of the 2016 election, you know, so much of the idea that Donald Trump would uh, uh, not win the primary and did not win again the general election was based in this idea that, oh, the, the rules of American politics necessitate that someone who says this or does this cannot win. And I think what we've seen really clearly is that those rules aren't as hard and fast as some people thought they were. That, you know, some things aren't invalidating, that some beliefs and like ideology are not ones that a lot of American people find uh, uh, to be, you know, uh, out of line. And so I think we've also seen a lot of new people coming to the process, which I find a really important and powerful part is that it's not just, um, you know, the, the, the same communities that have kind of dictated our political system for a long time. We're seeing new people engaged in politics. We're seeing new people impacted by policy decisions. And I think that that's also something I've wanted to reflect in coverage was just the diversity of people who are coming to this moment and who are um, impacted by it. So I feel like you've kind of already alluded to, you know, the reason why you want to cover politics, telling stories that matter, being able to focus on the new voices at the table. But I, I just know if I were in your position, I would become so just bogged down by how negative it can become. So what motivates you to keep covering politics? You know, what is it that has kept you in that realm? Yeah, I mean, I think that some of the motivation is by just knowing um, how it really impacts people. I mean, when you see the th impacts on firsthand and, and, you know, what it looks like when some of our policy makers and policy decisions uh, uh, ignore certain people or, or target others, it is a motivating factor, you know? I mean, um, that's true even on the local level. I remember when I was in Wa Boston, uh, and I wrote some stories about a real estate scam that helped folks get their houses back or or highlighted a kind of political thing that would have kind of decision makers change their minds. You know, once you kind of see and feel that it becomes a lot easier to get motivated because I think you have a real kind of face to the importance of the issue. And I think that that uh, is something I've tried to really hold with me. 
And so, I mean, I think that for the extent that it can seem negative or, 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 or nasty, it remains very important. And that, and that is what, um, you know, that is what gets me up is that, you know, reflecting the, the, reflecting the moment and being clear eyed about that is one that I think, you know, kind of history requires. And, uh, uh, and I think it's actually a real privilege to be a part of that. So going back to the change you mentioned where some of the rules have shifted in light of that, has that impacted how you do your job, whether it's, you know, when you're looking at sources, when you're gathering information, reporting, you know, have you had to shift your process at all? Yeah, I mean, I think, Lauren, I mean, I've never done this before. This is the first presidential cycle I've been a part of. And so not only have things changed, but I'm learning on the job. I think that uh, certain things about the way that kind of um, campaign trail and, and kind of the way you write through there are things that I had to, you know, I really didn't come into this with much knowledge of. And so even the the logistics of access or getting to an event and where you stand and how, and how many people you want to talk to and, you know, learning more about polling in a kind of more uh, political science-y way than just like a reader way, I think has been important for me to get better at as we go along. And so, you know, things have shifted certainly from a local to a national audience. The Times is someplace where you need stories that, you know, you can explain why they matter to the rest of the country. And I think that that is one, just a shift in like the things I need to think about, the things I'm pitching and writing. But there's also a difference in the execution. And, and that's some of that are things that I had to grow and basically just with practice and, and, and reading and, you know, taking editing uh, to heart, you, you, you learn kind of the ways you can improve. So I saw some interesting survey data that came from Pew Research Center. And I'm not sure how recent it was, but I thought it would apply to our conversation really well. And it asked participants about the watchdog role of journalism. About three-fourths of the respondents agreed that the role of journalists as a watchdog is important, but the responses were split almost into thirds when it came to participants' opinions about whether journalism is getting that role right, whether journalists are going too far, or whether they're not going far enough at all. So when doing your job, reporting on politics, looking at the government, do you actively think of yourself as fulfilling that watchdog role, or is it just something that kind of follows? Well, I think that we have a lot of roles, and I think that watchdog is one of them. Uh, accountability is one of them. You know, one, uh, one is, uh, uh, you know, kind of first draft of history, the news of the day type stuff. Another role is, uh, is a kind of featurey role in highlighting uh, uh, human interest stories, you know? There's solutions journalism, where you talk about stuff that's going right and not the things that have gone wrong. I mean, I think that those are all can be roles. And Watchdog is, I think, a certainly a, a part of that. And, uh, you know, frankly, I, I think that we perform that, that well and, and, and sometimes less than well. And I don't think there's necessarily a one-size-fit-all about what we've done in this moment. But I also think that, um, that you know, some of, so much of the kind of perceptions of media 
are, are, are wrapped up into partisan view, are wrapped up into the kind of bad faith attempts to discredit media that have been happening, right? Like if you, if you talk about the Times recent report on Trump's taxes as watchdog, right? Like that, I would say that very clearly falls into our role of accountability of a powerful person. You talk to uh, 40% of the country and they'll say that that's journalists being activists. And so I think that some of those perceptions are so wrapped up into folks' partisan lens that they can be kind of hard to, to, to decipher out. But I think that we need to be clear-eyed and transparent. And I think of that as even more so of an important role for us than some of our traditional ones. I think more than ever now, we need to explain to people why this is news, why we're making these choices and help them understand uh, how we arrive to those editorial decisions. Because I think that that can play a big role in kind of closing the gap between what people think journalism should be doing and what we see as our role. Wow, that was awesome perspective. And I think kind of applying that idea to this current political moment, this current election, we're not just dealing with an election here. We're looking at the coronavirus. We've had you know months of social unrest. We have a Supreme Court judicial nomination. As a journalist, you know how do you decide? How do you sort through all of this information that's coming out, all of these events that are going on at the same time, and decide what is most important for people to know? You know, how do you decide what role you take? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm lucky to work in a place where I don't have to do all of that. I mean, I, uh, I write about the election, and certainly the election has all of those things encompassed in it, right? The election is some of the Supreme Court, and people will care about that. Or they will care about the coronavirus pandemic. They will care about the social unrest and the protest about Black Lives Matter. And so you need to know the ways people are coming to it. But luckily, I don't have to, like, understand every Washington fight about power plays in Washington. We have a team there that does that. We have folks who are across the country and were in Minnesota when it went down. And I think that what my role is as a politics reporter is to understand how voters are coming to it and how people are making their decisions, how they are interpreting our, like, leaders' reactions to it. And I think that that can be still overwhelming. And I think that you have to ground yourself not only in sourcing and, and talking to a diversity of sources, so you're not just getting one lens of the issue, but you also need to look at polling and public opinion. And you need to be out there in those communities where folks are to really understand how they're coming to this. So I think that travel is a big part of that. Like you can't do, you can't understand a campaign and an electorate from, you know, your house. You have to go, you have to hear them where they are and you have to understand how this issue is affecting the communities. Because frankly, the pandemic didn't look the same all across the country for large periods of time. And so I think you have to understand those differences if you are going to understand how people are, are then bringing those perceptions to the ballot box. Going back to all the different issues that we're facing right now from election to COVID to just all of the information that's coming out that can become very overwhelming, um, I'd like to ask you a more personal question because I, I think it's important to be mindful of our stress levels and how we're recovering right now. So how do you recharge from this time pressure, you know, fast paced role? Yeah, I mean, that's like a great question. I never really have a good answer to. I mean, I think that I try to kind of take detox days, both from social media and uh, sometimes from newsread. I mean, I find in like big breaking news moments to, to Twitter consume is somewhat overwhelming. 
and actually find like the newspaper and reading it the next day with just the distilled information to be very comforting. I try to take days off, not necessarily days off from work, but days off of a kind of full ingestion of all of it. You know, I have a lot of interests that are just completely not politically related. I try to find like podcasts and things to watch and listen to. My only rule is it has has nothing to do with the election. (laughs) And I think that all of that stuff, making sure that like I have those interests and I'm still kind of rounding myself out past that has been important to me personally. And I think actually helps your work. If you're writing about an election, it's not just, you know, it's not walks who vote. It's regular people who have also have regular things going on in their lives. And so I think that like understanding kind of where culture is important, you know, it's not Washington where, you know, uh, things are all wrapped up in the kind of the same kind of social universe. I, I think that that's actually the cool part about writing about the elections is that it's a whole bunch of normies and regular people. And I think to the extent that you can be, like you should try to be one too. Great advice. It is so easy to get wrapped up in, you know, that one role and forget that we're just human and we need to take time for that too. Yeah, yeah. So as a final question, I'm asking this on behalf of my fellow journalism students who are navigating this current environment on top of the normal confusion of being in our early 20s and being kind of uncertain about the future. I want to ask you this question because you you mentioned that you didn't necessarily have your role picked out for you when you were in high school. You didn't know that you wanted to be a political journalist. So to our journalism students, what would be your piece of advice? College, college is an opportunity, but it's also a bubble. And I think that one of the ways that I found as a real growth point after school was I had to break free of the bubble of college. And I think that that is the first step in becoming a good professional journalist is diversifying your experiences so that you meet new people. And that's just like not something that can happen all the times in the classroom. It can happen in the the place where you're going to school. But I think oftentimes school can be, can do so much to teach the actual practice of the work, how to write a lead, how to do this, how to do that, and not actually deal with what I think is sometimes the hardest part, which is how to make connections with people who are way different than you and how to get them to really trust you. And I think that those those values are just as important as a journalist, even, you know, to, to do the kind of reporting work that we're called to. But I think that they're actually sometimes the hardest to gain because of the, the segregated bubbles we find ourselves in. And so I guess my advice to journalists is to, to younger ones is to read, to, you know, lean on others and to try to gain that kind of practice and information, but also to, to stretch yourself and put yourself in uncomfortable situations that will allow you to gain that diversity of experience that will make you a, a person who can go into any community and to gain their trust, that will make you really understand in a deeper and closer way how things impact folks because i think that level of empathy and clarity it'll make you a better journalist as well thanks for tuning in to the lead i'm your host caroline odom this episode was produced with guidance from charlotte norsworthy executive producer of the lead as part of her graduate assistantship with the cox institute To hear from more interesting media leaders, subscribe to The Lead on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Play, and follow us on Twitter at The Lead Podcast. Until next time.